Ladies and gentlemen, we have a new addition, H. Portico Security specialized in cash trucks across LA. Do you have any idea how dangerous this job can be? Some out there, yeah. We ain't the predators, we're the prey. You ready? Ready. This is your temporary sidearm. What happens if we're putting pistols in a machine gun fight? Do you have a problem? I don't know. Do I? It's a 10 grand drop. You should have been back five minutes ago. They're serious! Leave this to me. Get in the truck next time! Sorry, pal. doesn't feel right. It's like he wants trucks to get hit. He's not a cop. But if he's not a cop, what is he? Guy Ritchie's latest outing, Wrath of Man, reunites him with his frequent collaborator, Jason Statham, for the first time since Revolver in 2005. The two first worked together on Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels in 1998. Ritchie was a self-taught aspiring filmmaker whose short, The Hard Case, had caught the attention of Trudy Styler and he was given the money to make his first feature with Styler's husband, Sting, in the cast. Statham was a former Olympic diver who had transitioned into a bit part actor and Lock, Stock was also his feature debut. Statham played the smartass Bacon, a friend to the protagonist Ed, played by Nick Moran. The film was a surprise hit, and Statham was invited back for Ritchie's bigger budget follow-up, Snatch, where he played the central character Turkish, who was a similar character to Bacon, a street-smart, small-time huckster with a sardonic sense of humour. Both Ritchie and Statham's careers diverged when they crossed the pond. Somehow, Statham went from smart-ass East End gangster to superhuman martial arts genius and death-defying driver. Just how that happened, I'm not quite sure. His first American film was the John Carpenter sci-fi horror flick Ghosts of Mars, which was critically panned. He was a cop in the Jet Li vehicle The One, which coincidentally was the first time I ever saw Statham on screen. But it was in 2002 where Statham was first asked to carry an action movie with The Transporter. Looking back, it's hard to ascertain the cultural relevance of The Transporter. I was nine at the time, and I didn't even hear about it when it was released. But by the time of Transporter 2 in 2005 and Crank the following year, Statham was a bona fide action star, and what followed was a constant string of vehicles where he played his usual taciturn killer with a mysterious past. To be honest, Statham has barely deviated from that since. I stopped watching after Death Race, but he's done well for himself and attached himself to franchises like The Expendables and Fast and Furious. Guy Ritchie's transition to Hollywood, on the other hand, has been uneven. After back-to-back success with Lock, Stock and Snatch, Ritchie made Swept Away with his then-wife Madonna, which was considered one of the worst movies of all time and a spectacular fall from grace from a previously red-hot director. 
His next movie was Revolver, where he reteamed with Jason Statham, this time in a US setting. The movie was a commercial flop and derided by critics. I haven't seen it yet, although I have heard people reevaluate it since. Ritchie then returned to what he knew in 2008 with Rock and Roller, and then he was entrusted with the Sherlock Holmes franchise starring Robert Downing Jr. and Jude Law. For a director that was so constantly compared to Quentin Tarantino early in his career, Ritchie has done a lot to break away from labels, and unlike Tarantino, he has accepted offers to direct studio movies from pre-existing intellectual properties. The trouble is, to be honest, Ritchie seems only really good at making his particular Cockney gangster flicks. I love Lockstock, and I really like Rock and Roller and The Gentleman, but I didn't care for Sherlock Holmes' King Arthur was almost unwatchable, and I have no intention of ever seeing Aladdin. So, when trailers of Wrath of Man were released, I was intrigued as it looked like both Ritchie and Statham were returning to their roots. I'm not ashamed to say I enjoy a good Statham action flick. The usual deficiencies in Jason Statham action movies, plot and characterization, are probably among Ritchie's strengths. So I was expecting to see something like the action scenes of The Transporter with the quirky characters of Snatch. But that's not what the movie is at all. For starters, it's set in America. Just why they couldn't have set it in England, given Ritchie's sensibilities and Statham's undisguisable Cockney accent, is beyond me. Statham's character H is apparently from England, but it all feels a bit forced. There isn't the transatlantic cross-cultural exploration of the gentleman. H is English, but that's only relevant insofar as he's an outsider. He could have been European, Asian, Australian, or just from a different part of America to everyone else, and it wouldn't have made much difference. One thing that Ritchie is notable for is exploring different cultures and dialects within the United Kingdom and Ireland, like the Cockney slang of Lockstock and the pikey Irish dialogue in Snap. This texture isn't there in Wrath of Man. Most of the characters are just generic Americans, except Eddie Marson and Andy Garcia, who try their hand at what I think was supposed to be Boston accents, but are unconvincing. There's a bit of locker room banter amongst H's colleagues, which some critics have decried as homophobic. I don't think so. I just found it forced, and it didn't seem like there was much effort by the actors to get into their characters, or from Guy Ritchie to allow the actors to develop natural chemistry. A lot of them speak in typical movie cliches where they oscillate between joking about each other's sex lives and bragging about what they can do in the gym. Seeing Josh Hartnett flex in front of Jason Statham was funny for all the wrong reasons. There is one scene where the CEO of the cash truck company congratulates H on foiling a robbery. He's only on screen momentarily, but it took me out of the movie. I can't quite describe it, but it just felt like the script shoehorned a lot of dialogue about him being a big deal CEO into a small scene and the actor didn't bring any gravitas or naturalism to the part. Unfortunately, the movie doesn't take any opportunity to be fun. Statham gives his usual sullen performance, which you'd expect, but there's no foil or someone playing off him to bring some levity to the movie. It's a revenge drama, but we don't know that until about halfway through. It follows the mysterious H, Jason Statham, who accepts a job working as a guard for a cash truck company. Straight away, it's obvious to his new colleagues that there's something off about him. 
Then he foils an attempted robbery of one of the trucks, displaying superhuman abilities, and that only adds to his colleague's suspicion. Ostensibly, The Wrath of Man is a heist thriller mixed with a revenge drama, which sounds promising, but it's a combination which doesn't quite work. The movie tries to be clever with its non-linear plot, but that has the disorientating effect of making us not really care about H or any of the other characters. H is a stone-faced tough guy, and then in the middle of the movie it gets revealed why he's so broken, but then it shows his depraved actions and we lose all sympathy. I was debating whether to give spoilers, but honestly there's not much to spoil. At the beginning, H is a gruff badass with a hidden motive. Then we find out that he was a gangster whose son got murdered. Sure, it's tragic, but what makes him any more likeable than his adversaries? If Ritchie wanted to explore the morality of revenge, then why make H a former gangster? Why not make him a hero cop or soldier who is driven to commit horrific murders due to his burning desire for revenge and a failure of the justice system? Sure, that wouldn't exactly be original, but tropes are popular for a reason. If we're to watch a guy kill and torture anyone in his path for vengeance, then, to an extent, we need a reason to connect to him and see he's not all bad. The plot is also unnecessarily complicated. In the first act, we're exploring the masculine world of the cash truck industry. In the second act, we find out what motivates H. In the third act, we follow a bunch of disgruntled veterans who are planning a heist. What ties these together feels so forced that they may as well have been three separate movies. It's a shame because I think there are at least three different movies that could have been made that all would have been better than this one if only Ritchie and his writing team would settle on an idea. We could have had a thriller which explored the shady world of the cash truck company, or we could have had a Taking of Pelham 123 style thrill ride focusing on one robbery, or a lean revenge drama. If you look at quality revenge dramas from Death Wish to Gladiator, what stands out is their simplicity. The protagonist has a clear objective and the movie doesn't deviate too greatly from that. Wrath of Man takes the scenic route to explore one man's singular quest for revenge. Through flashbacks we learn that it was the murder of his son which led H to join the cash truck company in order to find the killer, but that seems like a roundabout route. He obtains an alias, joins the cash truck company and completes training, but surely there was a more efficient way. Also, how does he even know the robbers will attack the cash truck again? We see that H is a well-resourced and well-connected criminal. Couldn't he have just used his contacts in the criminal underworld to track down the robbers and kill them off one by one? Why have multiple intersecting plots and competing motivations when what really matters is the build-up to the confrontation between the protagonist and the antagonist? Once again, this comes back to the problem with the structure of the film. The issue here is that we don't actually meet the antagonist until the third act. This makes H's confrontation with him in the movie less climatic and less significant. Not spoiling anything to say the antagonist is Scott Eastwood because he's not in the movie until he kills H's son. There's no suspense around H discovering that the character killed his son. We learn that he did it through a flashback and the two characters don't meet until the final confrontation. I actually think Scott Eastwood is quite intimidating as a villain, but he's not given much to work with. Unlike, say, True Grit 
or Kill Bill Volume 2, where we can sympathise with or even like the villain, Eastwood's Jan is totally irredeemable, which means there is no moral complexity with H's motivation to kill him. Looking at it further, I found the antagonists in this movie, a group of veterans turned robbers led by Jeffrey Donovan, to be interesting. The issue once again is that they come into the movie way too late. With Jeffrey Donovan as the morally grey former military commander and Scott Eastwood as his unhinged lieutenant, I was actually reminded of the dynamic between Ed Harris and his men in the Michael Bay movie The Rock. The Rock and Wrath of Man are a study in contrast with how to create interesting antagonists. Where The Wrath of Man inserts the antagonists into the third act, giving us very little time to care, The Rock introduces them from the first act. Their motivations are intriguing, and at least as important as those of the protagonists. This isn't a problem for this kind of movie, where the protagonists are in forces of order, and the antagonists have more nuanced morals. If this movie wanted to explore the complex motivations of the disgruntled veterans, then why not make them a focal point from the very beginning? Have them carry out a heist and have Jason Statham as a cash truck employee caught in the middle of it. Maybe he could be an ex-SAS commando or something, so that he's a good match for them and you could explore the thin line that separates him from the enemy. Sure, that wouldn't require as much exploration of H as what we got, but if you look at characters like John McClane in Die Hard or Stanley Goodspeed in The Rock, they were relatively straightforward characters who were caught in an extraordinary situation. The intrigue came from the antagonists, while the protagonist was the audience's vantage point into this unfamiliar world. As you can tell by how many titles I've dropped, The Wrath of Man reminded me of a lot of better movies, which doesn't bode well for the movie in its own right. It's not terrible, but it's not great, or even good. In terms of Ritchie's filmography, it sits well below Lock, Stock and Rock and Roller, but it's far from his worst movie, which is a sad thing to say for a director that once looked so promising. It's certainly not swept away or King Arthur bad, and the torture scene which occurs to the beat of Johnny Cash's false imprisoned blues is well delivered. If you've got time to kill and you can see this relatively cheaply, this isn't the worst way to spend two hours, but there are so many better movies in the action thriller genres alone.